Hi, sisters. We're back once again. We're still on John chapter 2. This will be the final part of John chapter 2. We will be going through verses 18 through 25. And just as a reminder, this is a live teaching that I had done. And so I'm breaking it up into parts for you guys to be blessed by it. So grab your Bibles and get ready to dive into the Word of God with me. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's Word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus when they love one another? They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning his word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. So verse 18, go ahead and go 18 through 22. 18 through 22. The Jewish authorities came back at him with a question. What miracle can you perform to show us that you have the right to do this? Jesus answered, tear down this temple and in three days I will build it again. Are you going to build it again in three days? They asked him. It has taken 46 years to build this temple. But the temple Jesus was speaking about was his body. So when he was raised... From death, his disciples remembered what he had said, and they believed the scripture and what Jesus had said. Okay, so here, so now, of course, we got the religious nuts, we got the Pharisees. They just watched this miracle, and they're like, who is this guy? Like, who do you think you are? So they're going to walk up to him, like, okay, because he said, my father, okay? So he declared that he's God. He's one with God, and the Pharisees knew what that meant. So the Pharisees walk up to him, and they're like, show us a sign. Prove it. I mean, I just pretty much knocked out a temple of a million people. But sure, by all means, you want another sign? No. But you know what he says? He says, you know, he says, show us a sign. And you know, that's, I'm telling you guys, that is the culture we live in today. One of the fastest growing movements in Christianity is the signs and wonders movement. It's a dangerous movement. It is a movement that has a lot of false signs and wonders by a different spirit that's not holy. I promise you that. But they all wanted a sign. And now the signs and wonders movement that's that's rushing across not only the nation but in the entire world is making young people, especially young people, pay attention, be very careful. They are trying to get, they're really ministering to the young people. They are trying to get the young people in droves into their ministries and gird them up in these signs, wonders, and miracles. And it is convincing. I have been in these ministries. Steve and I have been among these false prophets, these false apostles. But listen, guys, do not be deceived. For when the Antichrist comes upon the scene, he will do signs and wonders so great that the elect will even be deceived if possible. He's going to be able to call fire down from heaven. He's going to come back to life. 
These signs and wonders are real. Satan is really ready to give you a sign and a wonder to keep you believing a false gospel and a false Jesus. Listen, when Jesus in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, and repeat it again, these people came to him and said, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy? Sign wonder. Didn't we cast out demons? That's a sign, wonder, and miracle. Didn't we perform healings? Sign, wonder, and miracle. Depart from me. I never knew you. You're a worker of iniquity. Oh, guys, trust me. Satan and his demons are out there performing all kinds of signs, wonders, and miracles to deceive each and every one of us if he could. Know your Bible. Know who Jesus is. And know what these false teachers actually believe about Jesus. If you actually studied their theology and their doctrine about who Jesus is, you would find out they're following a different Jesus. Don't just follow after any teacher that looks good on YouTube. Man, that's the, I always tell you guys, please stay away from YouTube until you know this Bible, until you know who Jesus is, because there is so much deception in YouTube, and because they make it look so good, and because they take out two or three different verses out of context, we're eating it like it's cheesecake. And before we know it, we're following a completely different Jesus. You know, I can walk up to Marissa and be like, oh my gosh. I'm friends with Rachel. Oh, I'm friends with Rachel too. Yes. She's like, you know, she's got like this beautiful red hair and she's got these glasses and, and she's just so sweet. Ooh, hey girl. Hey. Hey, girl hey. hey girl. hey. And then here's Marissa. No, my friend's like five one and she's got long blonde hair like that. We just said Rachel, but we're describing a completely different Rachel. You need to ask people who, what Jesus are you following nowadays? Because we live in the age of apostasy and false teachers are abounding just as Jesus promised it would be before he returns. Does anybody here remember why Mormons are the hardest people to minister to? The gospel. Why? Because they've had an experience. Mm, exactly. When you sit down with a Mormon, you can go through all the scriptures and we can prove their theology is wrong just by the scriptures. We can prove it apologetically. We can prove it through the scripture. And here's what they're going to say to you at the end of it all. Even though we've just proved that, they're, that their theology is wrong, that they're not following the right Jesus, here's what they say to you. It's got to be true what I believe because when I was, I think it's like 13, they yeah. go into the temple, I had an experience with an angel. They have an experience. A lot of people don't realize that. They have this, this really supernatural encounter when they're like 13 years old or of age. They go and they usher them into the temple, the, the, their temple, and an angel comes upon them. A bunch of light and an angel comes upon them. And it's very spiritual. They have this really spiritual experience. It's possible. And he says, let him be a curse. Let like, him be a curse. If anyone comes to you preaching another gospel... Let him be accursed, which is also saying to us, there's many gods, like there, there's another gospel. False there's gospel. There's another yep. Jesus. Or yes. I mean, not, right. not right, clarify the false, but I yeah. think And there is. There is other gospels out there that are not the saving gospel. And so, and they will give you experiences. Satan is willing and ready to give you an experience. I hear that all the time, but I heard God's voice, but I had a dream, but this happened supernaturally. I don't care. It doesn't line up with God's word. God is not a liar. One of his attributes is God is truth. God is not a liar. Anything that he does, says, will be backed up by the word of God. Period. End of subject. If God said it, I believe it. That settles it. It's in his word. Get to know your word. So anyway, so Jesus was speaking of his temple when he said that, um, when he said, when they said, show me a sign. And he says, destroy this temple in three days and I will raise it up. And, of course, they think he's talking about the building, but he's talking about the temple. He is the fullness of God 
is in him. He is the walking temple now. Okay. And when he uses the word, I will rise it up again. Here's another John trying to explain to you again. I am God who can resurrect the dead. Only Jesus can resurrect the dead. Right. I am God. So he's, he's bringing that home, bringing that home. That's a miracle. That's a, the resurrection is a founding doctrine of our faith that you must believe in in order to be a true Christian. So then the Jews, of course, were like, yeah, it took us forever, whatever. And he says, but I'm speaking of the temple of my body, which is 21. But they, they're blind. They weren't getting it. 22, therefore, he had risen. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, now mind you, John's writing this. When he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered this moment. That he remembered, they remembered, oh my gosh, do you remember when Jesus was at the temple and he yeah. had told the Pharisees that he was going to raise himself from the dead? So when he rose from the dead, it, the Holy Spirit brought them back to this exact situation. And they said, oh man, it really happened. He really is God. It was just always this confirmation. Talk about it. I told you so. Mama. I told you so. <laughs> Jesus said it. It happened. Verse 23. Now when he's in Jerusalem, we're almost done. we got three verses left. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed his name. I want you to catch this. Many believed his name when they saw the signs, which he did. Okay? But what did Jesus say? But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. There's a lot of people really curious about Jesus. There may be people in this room curious about Jesus. There may be people in this room that were raised in religion but don't actually have a true regenerated work of the Holy Spirit with a transformed life. I don't know. I'm just letting you know that could happen. Listen, these people saw what Jesus was doing. He was creating miracles. He was casting out demons. He was flipping tables. Man, he was doing some stuff, and they were like, I want to follow that guy. There's a lot of people, especially in America, that want to follow the name Jesus, but they don't want a holy God. They don't want the God of Israel. They don't want the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They don't want the God that's coming back with a sword. But they like the name of Jesus. They like the fact that they feel better when they lay their head down at night and they're not, they think they're not going to go to hell. They might, maybe they were raised in grandma's church and it's just all they've known. And so that's just what they do and this is what we do and it's just whatever. But there's no transforming work in their life of holiness. And like we say, remember, they called him Lord not once but twice in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And he said, depart from me. I never knew you. Listen, guys, it doesn't matter if you name the name Jesus. What it matters is, did Jesus commit himself to you? It doesn't matter if you say, Lord, Lord. But Jesus says, I never knew you. It doesn't matter if we know him. It matters if he knows us. It doesn't matter if we profess his name. It matters if he professes ours. He writes our name in the book of life. I don't write it in there. And listen, there's a lot of false converts out there, especially today in the apostate America. There's a lot of people that are saying, I want to follow Jesus. There are people out there that have found comfort in what we would call social clubs of Christianity. It, there's a lot of programs, there's single programs, there's bowling programs, there's this program and that program, and there's something for everybody. And sometimes there's just people that go to church because it's just what you do. It's a good place to kind of raise your kids. It's just kind of better than going to the satanic temple. <laughs> right? But don't talk to me about holiness. Don't talk to me about a sacrificed life. Don't talk about me. Don't, don't talk to them about giving up everything they own and going following Jesus and going, going to the mission field. Don't talk to them about any of that. You are on the top of my Sunday. He's not my Sunday. 
And, and that's what we're seeing in Christianity. It's getting worse and worse as these false gospels are being preached. These health, wealth, and prosperity. This Jesus just loves you the way you are. And any you can live any way you want. And just say this little prayer after me. And that's what he's saying here. You, there are people that are curious about Jesus. There are people that have decided that it's kind of cool to follow Jesus. Or they found like a place where they belong. Well, I can cook really good and they'll let me cook for them. Or I don't have to get a degree and still can teach children. Right? Church has just worked for them. It just looks good. Maybe they have found a way to make money. There's a lot of that going on now. I mean, we just got a Christian singer that just left the Christian faith because really I believe she used the Christian faith in order to get rich and famous and she had every intention of always being a secular music star. We know of people that are complete Satanists who have made gospel records only to draw on to make a quick million dollars. I mean, people use Jesus because it is a marketing tool. You can make a lot of money writing a good book or whatever, right? So there's people that are following him for the wrong reasons. Just make sure you're not. So in verse 25, he had no need that anyone should testify because he knew what was in man. Jesus knows your heart, guys. He knows your heart. You can't fool him. If you're living in a life of habitual sin, if you're living a life that is contrary to the word of God, repent. Repent and put your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ and get saved. I was a false convert for years. I actually think I've, I've been a false convert longer than I've actually been a convert. I was a false convert longer. I thought I knew Jesus. I didn't know him. And then if I would have died, he just said, depart from me. I never knew you. And I'd been like, but I teach women's Bible studies. I evangelize. What are you talking about? You don't know me. Here, hold on. Let me show you where I'm written out at. And I, you know, right? No. No, you know, I, I didn't know him. My life, my fruit, a bad tree cannot bear good fruit and a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And I bore a lot of bad fruit. I was sexually immoral. I was an adulterer. I loved the club life, loved secular music, right? I was full of vanity and pride. But I love Jesus. By God, I was at church every Sunday. I love Jesus, though. I'd go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody. I'd tell you about my Jesus while I'm at the bar. Tell you about my Jesus while I'm staying the night with my boyfriend. I would not let you uh, use the Lord's name in vain while I was drunk. Right. I mean, so... Why you use the Lord's name in vain? That was so rude. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. And so there is... You, and that's what Jesus is talking about here. There's a belief in his name, but they didn't have a saving faith. And there's the difference. A saving faith is always followed up by a transformed life. Of holiness and righteousness perfection no we don't teach sinless perfection the Bible doesn't teach it we're gonna stumble we're gonna mess up we're that's why we hold each other the accountable there's a sanctification process but there should be something transformed in you that no longer wants to do the things that this world entices us to do a sin should now be offensive to us we should want to pluck it out man I hate that I keep doing this and we go to any length to get free from it here to judge you one thing about this group is all anybody that's new and not new you know the not new people take your mask off here's where we lay it all down we go into worship tonight this is where we lay it down this is where we let God deal with our hearts this is where we say man I am struggling with this I am struggling with pornography I am struggling with sexual morality I am struggling with drugs and alcohol I am struggling with anger I am struggling with uh, coarse gesturing or foul mouth you know, or whatever. 
you know, crude humor, you know, whatever it is. Or maybe you're just struggling in some other area. You just need healing. You just need filled up with Jesus. You just need whatever. You need to have more faith. You just need something. But this is when we get, when we go before our King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and we lay it all down and we're just honest with one another and we help each other. That's what it's about. It's not about judging one another. We're all supposed to help each other get to maturity. We're here to help each other. We're not here to judge one another. We're here to help each other. Now, you call yourself a Christian, you know, and you're continuing to walk in a habitual lifestyle, we need to have a conversation, right? Because 1 John says you can't do that. 1 John says you're a liar. You're of the devil if you're doing that, right? So, you know, be honest with yourself. I'd rather sit here and tell you the truth and you get saved and set free and go to heaven, then sit here and lie to you and make you think that you're truly saved when you're not. You leave here tonight, you lie, or you die, and you're up before Jesus going, Lord, Lord. And he says, you're a worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Jesus said very few are going to find the road. It's a narrow path, and very few will find it. But many are going to stand before him on that day and say, Lord, Lord. That's a serious thing, guys. That's serious. No, this is serious. This is so serious. This is the gospel. This is your salvation. This is eternity. And Jesus said he can require of your soul today. And so make sure that you're following the Jesus of Scripture. Not fluffy Jesus. Not rainbow Jesus. Not everybody gets saved Jesus. Not universalism Jesus. Where there's no consequence for sin Jesus. But the whole, Jesus says, imitate me. Be holy for I am holy, is what he says. And what should that look like? And sisters, that is the end of John chapter 2. So much can be talked about from just this one chapter. But what I pray that we take away is that we will desire to live holy as he is holy. And that the Lord will help us to do that. He gives us the Holy Spirit so that we are victorious overcomers. That we can live victoriously from sin. That doesn't mean we're going to have a perfect life. We're not going to be sinless perfection until we meet Jesus face to face. But we can live victoriously. And we see that in Romans chapter 6. We see it again in Romans chapter 8. We see it in John, 1 John. So many different areas where we can live victoriously from sin. And we do have the power and the victory. And so, Lord, I pray that you would continue to help us to be holy as you are holy. I thank you that we are positionally made holy when we became born again. That that's how we can come to the throne room of grace and make our petitions known to you is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and his holiness and his righteousness has been imputed to us. And we're so grateful for that gift. But Father, we do still carry around this body of death, the sin that still dwells within us, like Paul talks about in Romans 7. And we battle that sin every day. And Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit gives us victory over sin, and that we are overcomers. You call us saints, literally separated for holiness. And so, Lord, I pray that we take your word very seriously, and that if there is any compromise in our lives, that we would pluck it out, that we repent and turn from it. Lord, that you would 
show us where there may still be things in our lives that are not pleasing to you. I thank you for your grace and your mercy that is new every day, your love in which we are drowning in. You're so faithful to us, even when we are not faithful to you. And Lord, I just pray blessings over my sisters. I pray over their homes and their families. I pray over their finances and their health. I pray over any circumstance that they may be going through right now, Lord, where they they really need your comfort, your wisdom, your strength. I pray for their lost loved ones that they've been praying for, Lord, that we would start to see them come to saving faith. Lord, I thank you for each and every one of them that listen to this podcast, and they're allowing me to be a part of their faith journey. I love them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed, my sisters. Have a great week. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would. Head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget, guys. Until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work grace and peace. I leave with you until next time.